to Live from the Vault, the Herosmith podcast. I'm Chad Coleman, the founder of Herosmith, and uh, with me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, DeAndre Dow. We out here, Chad. How you feeling today? Doing great, man. Super, doing super well. Had an awesome week at Herosmith, getting to collaborate with a bunch of cool entrepreneurs, and uh and it's been a really fun week, despite the fact it's another one of these short weeks where you feel like you're putting four days or five days of work in, into four days. But uh, other than that, man, it's been awesome. How about how's your week been, man? Just out here, you know, got my back against the wall and everything, but I'm feeling good with that feeling. Yeah, like yeah. you like living on the Most edge, definitely. man. Like we just talking about entrepreneurship and everything. It's like the it's like the new coming of new entrepreneurship energy, I feel like, in the world. Like, yeah. People are starting to really find their corners, I feel like. For sure, man. I think just with this whole pandemic thing and, like, people being able to, like, you know, get and stay in their caves a little bit more and just, like, a tiny little bit more time to think about, like, well, am I really doing what I want to do with my life? Like, I've always wanted to do X or start that business and... uh I think more and more people are going to be doing that for sure. I've talked about it before on the pod, but, um, but yeah, man, also like there is a certain vibe out there, you know, with just how like crazy divided we are. And like, it just seems like everything's so damn tense these days, you know, with the virus and, and, and the election coming up and, uh, man, it is pretty crazy, but it is the times like that, that, that people like us step up, you know, and, and do that thing that we've been wanting to do, you know? Absolutely. You gotta go harder in these times. I feel like. I feel like you do. I mean, I think it's like important. Like I know me and you are like, uh, like how we roll. We're like, you know, just, just try harder, just hustle more, just push, 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 you know? And, uh, I mean, it's definitely important for like people's mental health that they chill a little bit too and take some time, you know? Um, of course, that's a lot of easy, a lot easier out here in Colorado because we got the help of the trees, you know. But uh, yeah, but, uh, instant chill. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we, dude, oh man, we should do a show where we get high first. That'd be fucking dope, man. <laughs> get out in the parking lot, man. Just see what happens. Like, why not? You right. know, nah, say less, Chad. Like I tell you, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. I think that'd be sick, man. That'd be so funny just to see what we come up with. Yes. Um. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, that's not. That's definitely going on the schedule. We'll have to do that. <laughs> We'll have to pre-publicize that shit so people people can um, plan that stuff out. So, but yeah, man, I'm I'm excited about today's show because um, you know what we did is we went out and and put the word out for uh, questions about marketing uh, to all the small business owners out there, and we got some awesome questions. So today we're doing a small business marketing Q and A. And, uh, so we got a ton of awesome questions back and, uh, I'm super excited to, to dive into those and, 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 uh, and, and really, uh, hopefully, you know, uh, I figure, you know, if one entrepreneur, one small business owner is asking a question, there's probably, there's probably a hundred or, you know, 10,000 people that want to know that, that same question, you know? So, so I'm excited about today's show doing that thing. And uh, obviously, we also got uh, one cool thing coming up. Got a really great, uh, a really great uh, tool I want to share with you guys. And then, obviously, coming up at the end of the pod, we'll be doing DeAndre's news. So, so let's go ahead and dive into our marketing questions. Um, let's see where to start. So many good ones. Uh, what is the most important thing a small business owner? can use or do to market their business? Well, and that question came in from Bert. Thank you, Bert. Um, 
You know, that's a tough question because every business is different. And, I, you know, I think one of the unique things about Herosmith is we actually do provide like custom marketing strategies. So it's all a little bit relative to your business. And I'll, I'll probably just try to point that out. Like this will be the one time I point that out uh, because you could say that probably with a lot of these questions. But um, if I had to choose one that, that that that's true for like most small business owners, um, I would say the number one thing that they could use to market their business, if they could only do one thing and one thing alone, I would say that would be email marketing, which I know is like shocking to a lot of people out there because, um, you know, social media is so in the news and, and uh, you know, all of us are somewhat at varying degrees of addicted to social media and on there all the time. Um, but email um, the data doesn't lie. You know, email is one of the most effective digital marketing tools out there. Um, so for the majority of small businesses, um, that would be what I'd recommend. The one thing you do have a regular and consistent email newsletter. And obviously that implies having a system to gather your customers emails and even better. If you're working with someone like us, we can help you grab, grab potential, uh, customer emails and, and get them into your, your uh, funnel in that way. The reason it's so effective is because, you know, like, I don't know, DeAndre, do you use Snapchat? Here's the thing, man. I agree with that 100% as far as you actually needing to be in front of your audience at that point. Right. But I feel like that's the most important part is to know your audience. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. You know? So yeah. is your audience necessarily using emails and everything? Well, I would like to know the numbers on that, even though I agree with it. Sure. I would yeah. like to know like the stats on that. That's actually why I brought it up. Um, you know, various people are, and, and certainly different demographics, obviously, like tend to go toward different social media networks. Um, however, email has become like tap water. Everybody uses email. I mean, if I, email when I used to, when I do these, you know, when we used to do live marketing workshops, I'd have people raise their hand and say, you know, who uses Facebook, who uses Snapchat, who uses Instagram? And, you know, you'd get it was never everyone. It was like a few people here, a few people there. You ask who uses email. Everybody uses email. It's tap water. You need you know? an email account to even have an account. <laughs> right. Exactly. So so that's my point is that people are in their email all the time. Um, they, they have to be. It's just a fact of life. And the real power of it is if you can be consistent, even if it's like at the bare minimum, like once a month doing some sort of newsletter, um, and even if it's mostly just people that you've already worked with, the value of keeping your business top of mind in their minds is huge because when they're golfing with their buddy, when they're, um, you know, at the beach and a casual conversation comes up about, oh, you know, we need to get our carpets cleaned or we need to do this, we need to do that. Um, that's when you want your customers to become those brand advocates and say, oh, my gosh, you know, I know an awesome locksmith or whatever. I can I can get you his info. Um, as all small business owners know, there's no better marketing than that. So if you can have an email newsletter and provide value, that's the key thing. Like everybody wants to a lot of people I work with, you know, they're, they're like, yeah, let's do an email. And like every month or week or two weeks, whatever their frequency is on their email. They want to hit them up with like a sale or like this and like that. And there's no, no, no problem in like having like some sort of incentive and all that stuff. But the key to this whole thing is using that email to provide value, like by answering questions that your ideal customer might have 
Um, you know, obviously keep them informed about what's going on in your business. And sure, throw a deal, a coupon or something their way to kind of incentivize them to get over to your website and maybe take advantage of that or forward it to a friend. Um, but the, the, just the fact that, they're, that you're top of mind and they're, they're seeing your stuff, that's going to help them remember to refer you in those crucial moments. So, um, and the, and the, the, the data is pretty convincing. Like, um, there's like a 4,000% ROI on email, meaning if you spend for every dollar you spend on email marketing, on average, a small business gets $40 back. It's a communication tool. It's the first thing you ask from me. It's the first thing I ask from the people that come and visit my website as soon as they hit that landing page. Sure, absolutely. It's a great way to do that. And I know like it's not as sexy as social media and the Snapchats and the Instagrams of the world, but hey, listen, you know, we've all got limited time, especially, you know, busy small business owners to to market ourselves. If you could only do one thing, uh, I would say have a have a consistent email newsletter. Um, and that leads into my next question, which came in from Margaret. Um, how important is social media in branding your business? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think it's hugely important. And I know, you know, obviously there's certain types of businesses that may seem on the outside. If you're a small business owner who owns like a, you know, like a home services business or, or something like that, it might seem like, well, like, what am I going to post or why should I post about this? Um, or that, you know, they're, they're kind of at a little bit of a loss there. And that's certainly something we help, you know, folks with. But I think it's incredibly important because it, it, you can use social media to build no like and trust, if nothing else. Just having, you know, again, providing value, having your face out there, maybe doing some short videos, stuff like that could really um, help people feel like a connection with you that, you know, maybe it's not as authentic or not as like deep as if they met you in person, but you can only meet so many people in person, you know I mean? Like in a day, right. Um, and have that be anything that's valuable. Social media creates this, is this opportunity to build no like and trust, like kind of the oldest, you know, sort of business wisdom in the book. Right. You know, social media can help allow you to build that at scale. So you can, if you can provide value and put your and put yourself out there, and people get a sense of your vibe. And if they dig you, you know, you could reach potentially thousands of people with one post. You know, I mean, obviously that's not how it goes right out of the gate, but it takes some time. And then um, I think it's incredibly important just for that reason, right? Like you can really create like some some uh some knowledge and who you are as a person um and uh and and what your business is all about so i think it's i think it's pretty important and you know if when you're consistent you do that and as you grow your following that's something people look at now like you know people will google your business and yes they're going to go to your website but look at your reviews on google But, you know, if they click on your Facebook, you know, the link to your Facebook page and you got like, you know, three followers or something that, you know, sadly, we as people in this society, like judge that um, in a certain way. Right. Like there's a it's a concept called social proof. As a business, I feel like you need a presence on the Internet just because you need I tell you, I feel like a couple of weeks back or whatever that you need real estate on the Internet in some way, shape or form, especially as a business. But once again, I feel like it, it goes back down to knowing your audience. 
I know rappers that uh, have just over, let's say, half a million followers, but they're multi-millionaires. Just wow. on shows every single time they're out here, every single time that I've tapped in. So, nice. And these are dudes that you might might get 10 posts out of the year from. Wow. Well, so it's like yeah. less is more. They feel more underground to me. Sure, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. There's definitely like some of that in like the music industry and stuff where, um, you know, where you can, you know, if you're in demand, I, I feel like they probably, before they really got into social media like they probably had something going on their own anyway right like as artists like i mean they had like some sort of following you know what i mean so it's like yeah they can kind of dip in every once in a while but i think for the most part like it's easier when your brand is something that's involved with entertainment you know but when you're a business it automatically puts this barrier up between you and your audience you know what i mean like Cause like people take it that like, you know, you know how it is. You're flinging through your Instagram feed. You don't like really, I mean, an ad has to be pretty remarkable for you to like actually stop and like look at it and read it. Right. Like you just move on to the next thing, you know? So, um, so, so yeah. So like, uh, you know, the fact is, is that most people, um, they need, they, they need a, to, to create a, a deeper sense of connection with the people that are with their ideal customers. And so it is a great way to do that. I look at brand and business as one of the same. You know, you got yeah. Kendrick Lamar. I'm sitting here. They got three posts, but 9.4 million followers. Damn. Kendrick Lamar's only never posted three times. Three posts. What? 9.4 million followers. That's crazy. That's yeah. what I'm saying. But I and mean, you don't even get in. You got his fan base that just wants more music, but they're not even getting that right now. But as soon yeah. as he drops anything. Right. That's the thing, right? Right. So it really comes down to really knowing your audience again. So I think right. even though we revert the conversation always back to music, I feel like that's <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I feel like just that's for sure. I mean, your background and conversation, stuff, sure. but it's really how you brand yourself as, a, like I said, a brand and a business. I look at them as one and the same as far as my personal story and my experience. For sure. And then, like you know, I feel like certain brands just lend themselves. Like No Cap World is, you know, being a fashion brand, a headwear brand. Mm -hmm. Like that's fun, you know. Yeah, it is. But it's like harder when you're like, oh, you're a marketing company, or oh, you're, a, you know, a locksmith. You right. know. I mean, the thing is, is that like I, I don't know, like almost all entrepreneurs, if you really like talk to them, they're like they're super nerdy about what they're into. Like yeah. you know, they're super into their fame. You know, I'm super nerdy about entrepreneurship and listen to, you know, tons of podcasts and watching YouTubes and reading articles and always keeping up with the latest stuff. Um, you know, but and people tend to underestimate how many other nerds about the same thing are out there. But there really are. There's so many colors in this damn rainbow of humanity, man. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, you just got to be you got to be real. You got to be authentic and you got to be consistently putting out stuff that will help you grow your your brand and, and your following. And, and eventually, you know, if you have a smart strategy, you can turn those people into actual paying customers. Um, kind of there's a lot of social media questions, FYI. Um, how much time? Should a small business owner spend on social media? That is an excellent question. Because um, if you've had any success uh, with your small business, you're likely busy AF, you know? So my thing is, like, it's not about, like, okay, like, I need to block off an hour every day to do this, you know? My thing, what I try to help entrepreneurs do 
is figure out how can they easily just like incorporate social media into their life. Like how can they, what are they already doing that's, that would be valuable to their customers that they could easily post in the moment? And, and so, you know, for me, that's what it's all about. It's not like really like, okay, I get that mentality of like, you know, I need to set an, set an hour to do this. I mean, I do that with email, right? Like there's certain times in the day that just for productivity reasons, I answer emails at these times. If I, I could literally sit and answer emails all day if I just answered them as they came in, you know, <laughs> and I got too much to do to do that. So I try to find ways that you can integrate it into your life. Try to figure out what would be interesting, what's visually stunning, you know. Um, like we work with like landscapers and like even services. Like I always use the carpet cleaning example. Like, you know, you might not think carpet cleaning is is exciting, but man, I just saw a before and after from one of my clients. It was incredible. It was like, holy crap, that carpet was like black. And now it looks like, you know, tan carpet. And, uh, you know, that people love that kind of stuff. So um, so try to find ways that integrate it into your life. And, and, and so it's not this thing that you have to like schedule and sit down and do because Frankly, if you say, okay, every day from 1 to one thirty or 1 to 2, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to post on social media, I'm going to post it. That shit ain't going to happen. You're going to get busy. You're going to get that call from the customer, and you're not going to do it. So figure out how you can integrate it in real time to your business. That's what these kids do. They don't think about like, oh, I'm going to go and post on Facebook right now. They're just, well, I mean, obviously, like a lot of the kids are just constantly doing it, but they're <laughs> capturing in the moment. That's the idea behind Instagram, right? Yeah. Like in the moment, instant. It's instantly Graham this thing, you know? And this is such a foreign concept to me, Brad, because I came up in the 90s, so we didn't have any of this. This is what I'm doing every single second moment yeah. of my day type, you know? Right. It depends on your brand, once again, though, and knowing what brings value to your audience. Right. So Exactly. If, if, it's if, not everything you're doing. Right. It's something that you're doing that's they would find interesting or valuable. If you're an Instagram model, your life is on the internet. Sure. You yeah. live in reality, which you might forget sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you live on the internet. Yeah. So if that's your brand and it works for your audience, mm -hmm. salute. Yeah, for sure. Do your thing. Obviously, like, you know, those people are trying to, like, make Instagram their business, essentially. Like, themselves their doing their life. Right? That exactly. is their yeah. business. And, uh, you know, which is pretty remarkable. It kind of speaks to the power of it, though. Like, a lot of people are like, well, I don't know, you know, is this even worth it? I mean, that's kind of the nature of some of these questions. Like, how important is it? Um, I mean... People literally like do really well and make crap tons of money doing like kind of doing nothing but being on Instagram. And I mean, yes, they're beautiful most times, you know, um, <laughs> you know, there's that factor or they're like compelling in a certain way. But just the fact that someone can be like just living their normal life and make literally hundreds of thousands of dollars kind of points out to the power of it. You know what I mean? Because like. You know, I mean, that's uh, that wasn't a thing when we were coming up, you yeah. know. And social media got a lot of different layers to it now. Like, what is social media? I know, right? It's it's a hard, it's a it's a lot. There's it's, a lot of different channels. It's a lot of is OnlyFans social media. I know what the hell OnlyFans is. What's that? You should Google that when you get a chance. <laughs> I should. All right. I right. have to say that for another episode. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> is it, uh, what's it called? Not nah, safe for work? Oh, yeah, <laughs> time, but you know. Well, you know, we keep it real, man. You can tell me. Is it? It's, <laughs> a, pla it's a platform that, you know, a, a lot of um, 
a lot of people are actually making millions of dollars with. I'm not really, you know, an expert on this shit, and I really don't even want to All right. <laughs> okay. <time>. Hey, <laughs> I definitely want you to Google it when you okay. get a chance. Can I Google this with my wife in the room? <laughs> That's the vibe I'm getting. That's like, debatable. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not, right? <laughs> okay, well, I'll have to check that out, man. Thanks for the heads up. Um, and, and listen, if, if it's something weird, blame DeAndre, okay? <laughs> um, okay, let's see. Um, Jacob asks, what are three marketing things that all small business owners should be doing? Wow, that's a, that's a tough one, actually, because it's like so broad, but a good question nonetheless. Thanks, Jacob. Well, let me think. I guess like number one, you know, maybe I'm old school and we, you know, we've talked a lot about social media so far, but um, I still believe your website is the center of your marketing universe, or at least should be. If it's not, there's probably a problem. The reason I say that is because it should be the best place to tell your story. This is the the biggest format, the most space, quote unquote, that you have to tell your story. So, you know, number one, my first of the three things is going to be make sure your website outshines the competition because there's actually a study. It's interesting. 74% of people judge a business's quality based on how their website looks, which, listen, I do tons of website design, but... And I think that's fucking stupid, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's not really, I've met a lot of great business owners that have terrible websites, um, and help them get new ones, obviously in my case, but, um, but it is what it is, you know, people judge books by their covers, Yeah, you know, it's kind of messed up, but, but that, that is life. And so make sure you're, make sure that like the things that people need to know in order to be convinced to work with you. Make sure those things are easy to find. You know? Right. And for me, your website is the crib. That's where you, you know, you cut the middleman out essentially by not needing their platform to actually generate or have an audience. Um, you create a direct channel for them to tap into you. Totally. And you don't even have to involve anybody else in that transaction whatsoever. So true, yeah. And, you know, you've got all these different, you've got, like, writing, like, copy. You've got video and pictures and all these things coming together. So make sure your website is on point. I guess my second thing that small business owners should be doing um, out of my three things is, is this one kind of be broad, but it kind of relates to your website as well, but um, creating content. Like, we live in a world because of social media and uh, and just the internet in general, we live in a world where media, meaning audio, video, content, writing, you know, uh, blogging, all that stuff, that is marketing now. You know, it used to be, you know, you could just buy an ad maybe or whatever in a trade magazine or a little local television ad and just kind of put your stuff out there. Um, people don't watch ads anymore. Um, and so find the kind of content that resonates with you. Like, obviously, like you and I, we love podcasting. Like, it's, it's, uh, it works for us. It fits our personality styles. So, so that's a kind of content that we like to create. Um, you know, I've done a lot of blogging in my day, but I'm a freaking pers- uh, perfectionist when, I, when I'm a writer. And it, it takes me so long to blog that, uh, that it's not the right kind of content for me. But, you know, for other people, I work with people who are great writers and it just flows out of them. You know, my wife is an awesome writer. She could pump out a thousand word blog article in, in a couple, like an hour or two or something, you know? And, uh, 
Um, so, so find the kind of content, whether it's, um, you know, podcasting videos, another example too, like figure out like what you think is you're going to be most comfortable and what's going to be the easiest thing for you to produce and just start generating that valuable content, um, and, and using, and using the various social media channels to, um, to put out, put that, to put that out there. And I guess my third thing would have to be, because I mentioned uh, like uh, in the previous question from Bert, my third thing would be get a marketing newsletter. Figure out a way, whether you're working with a partner like Kira Smith or you, you've got your, um, you know, someone that works with you that you, you, know, you have to delegate this to, uh, or even if you have to do it yourself and you can only do it once a month, be consistent about emailing your customers, um, keeping your brand top of mind and... Um, and, 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 and so that they can be like a referral engine for you. All right, man. Um, Bob asked, he said, well, I own a franchise and a lot of the other owners in my franchise use pay-per-click advertising. Um, this seems expensive and not guaranteed any advice. Um, well, I'm assuming you mean Google ads, you know, uh, that's kind of become synonymous. Well, it used to be synonymous with PPC, but there's obviously like social media ads now too. And technically like a lot of them are, are pay per click. That's what PPC stands for. Um, you're right, Bob, uh, Google ads are expensive AF, man. I mean, uh, you know, I've worked with businesses, uh, like attorneys and, uh, insurance agencies and, um, you know, you're talking easily $20 a click. Hell, in my industry, if I wanted to go and buy the term website design Denver, if I bought that term in Google ads, I think the last time I looked that shit was 22, 22 bucks for the click. That ain't even a lead. That's just for them to click to go to my website. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> so it can be very expensive. Um, so often, Bob, you're right. It's like not always the best for uh, every small business. The exception to that is, um, you know, if you have a high, you know, if your cost or excuse me, your income or revenue per job is huge. Like if you're a lawyer, right? Like, a, so the, so I used to work with this uh, auto accident attorney and do run some uh, PPC campaigns for him um, back in Orlando. And, uh, and it was worth it for him. He was spending like 50 bucks a click, but it was worth it because every damn case that he won, you know, was 10, 15, 50, 100, $150,000. That's bag. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, it might take him like, you know, you know, 10 clicks out of every 10 clicks. He might get like one lead, but that one lead could be, you know, $200,000. Uh, client, you know, so and that, it makes and that sense. works for his business model. He's, you know, once again, that could be the way that he gets people to know about his corner. Right. But if you're like a, if you're a locksmith who comes and breaks people out of their cars, you know, or when they lock themselves out and they break into the cars, by the way, if those guys ever turn to a life of crime, we're all fucked. <laughs> you call your call one of those guys to unlock your car. Oh my God. It's like, they're there 30 <laughs> seconds and they're in your car. I'm like, Oh my God, here's a tip. Um, <laughs> don't go, don't get into a life of crime. We'll all be in trouble. But, um, <laughs> but you know, that guy charges like 79 bucks or something. Um, so it's probably, 
probably not a good medium for him to advertise because that's not really enough. Like, I don't know what the, the clicks might cost, but you know, it's not like you get one click and you get a lead. Um, so there's probably better ways, but I will say it can be really effective in a number of different ways. Like everyone just kind of thinks about it as like, Oh, if people Google, you know, small business marketing Denver and, and click on my ad, I'm going to get, I'm going to get, you know, uh, a lead from that. And the thing is about that is that, you know, there's other types of PPC that could be valuable. I love the strategy of leveraging something like Facebook or even Instagram or one of the, any really, any of the social networks to drive traffic to my site because I can usually, you know, it depends on the industry, but like I can typically get um, interested traffic to one of my clients' website or my own for less than a buck. So, and then the smart strategy is once you've got them there, you can then retarget them and use Google's retargeting or some folks call it remarketing um, tools to show your ads around the web when they're on ESPN or they're on, uh, you know, I don't know, home goods website or whatever it is, they, they're seeing your ads then. So that might be a strategy that's a little more affordable, right? Like use a more, ex- a less expensive medium to drive the traffic once they get on your site. You know, if you have a, a, you know, you can drop a cookie on their, uh, in their browser and then you can advertise to them around the web. And then, and that's typically way more affordable. Yeah. But if you don't have somebody like chat in your ear telling you that, that's a lot of research for the average entrepreneur to really get down. Totally. And there's a lot, you know, I just kind of glossed over like, oh, yeah, I can do this and do that. It's it's typically not quite that easy, <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, that's why Smith exists and you got y'all know how to reach us. Um, appreciate the shout out, though, DeAndre. Um, OK, let's move on to my next question here. Uh, what mistakes do you see small business owners making? I'm assuming this she means DD means in marketing. Oh, man. Uh that's a darn good question, DD. I can always count on DD Jones, uh, uh, financial advisor extraordinaire, to come up with a good question. Let's see. The biggest mistake. I think the biggest mistake is just not marketing at all. I mean, frankly, most small businesses completely rely on personal referrals. And I'm not saying that, you know, don't get me wrong, personal referrals are the bee's knees, you know, they're the shit. Who, what's better than like, you know, what's what there's no marketing that can be better than you, DeAndre, saying, hey, have you been to X? You know, have you been to Hank's barbecue? It's cr- incredible. Like there's no marketing that's probably that good because I trust DeAndre and I know DeAndre. We've had lunch before. So I'm like, you know, so I know he's got good taste in food, you know, so there's no better marketing than that. But here's the thing. That's not very scalable. Like you can only meet so many people, right? So the biggest mistake I see people make is thinking like there's like a magic pill though, right? Like, or, or I just, I can just like, you know, join some leads groups or just like meet some people and I'll be busy as all as I can be. And listen, you know, that is very difficult. And if it's, and it's, that's a fine strategy if you just are trying to create a job for yourself. 
if you're just a locksmith or somebody, I always think of a locksmith because we're locked in here in the vault, you know? <laughs> so I'm always looking at that big old vault door. I mean, technically it's not locked. It doesn't lock. Don't worry, folks. Um, but, uh, but it does close. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, if you're a locksmith and, uh, you know, you're busy actually doing the work, you can't be meeting people all the time. And my point is, is that, yeah, like referrals can create a company that, um, is just a really good job for you. Mm -hmm. Meaning it, you keep busy. You've always got customers. Um, I always talk about like plumbers. There's like, if you're a plumber of any significance, like you're busy because everyone needs a plumber and there's no question about it. Like when they need one, they like, no, right. It's not like, <laughs> well, maybe I'll hire a plumber. You know, it's like, no, your shit <laughs> literally is exploding. So you need a damn plumber. So, um, but that's really not like, if that's your goal is just to like be your own boss and create and just like sort of be busy. Awesome. You just created a great job for yourself. But if you want to build something bigger, you want to, if you would rather be more of a CEO and create a, a business that is a money machine for you, essentially, you know, um, you're going to have to do marketing. You're going to have to have a marketing system in place that reliably and predictably delivers leads. So I know that may seem like a cop-out, but it's something I'm passionate about. And I think a lot of small business owners think they can just like, oh, you know what? I do need to do marketing. I'm going to start to post on Facebook once a week. You know, that's great. Good. That's something to do. But you really need a more all-encompassing system that, that is well-defined and optimized over time so you can have a predictable number of leads. That carpet cleaning company you was talking about at the top of the show, how much marketing do you think they do, Chad? I think they do a ton of uh, Instagram. They do a lot of that. I think that they could do more, though. See, they're, they're falling into, I don't want to name names, but they fall into the trap of like what I just kind of described. Like, oh, we're going to do this one thing. And I know like people want to get to that. And like, you know, as part of our building marketing strategies, we always think about, OK, what are the best channels? What's the social network where your customers are at? How can we reach them? What do they need to see? What should we be doing? We help you figure that all that stuff out. But everybody, the entrepreneurs are like rifles, man. They're like, OK, phew. Like I'm going to do, I'm going to do Instagram, Instagram. They're packing away at that thing. And it's like, oh, that didn't work. I'm going to stop doing Instagram. Or maybe it's Twitter, 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 Twitter. You know, that's not the way to do it. Right. It's, it's about having, um, figuring out what are the three or four channels, you know, even at a minimum, whether you know, maybe it is Instagram, but it's also email. It's also, uh, retargeting. It's also any number of things, blogging, you know, keeping your website up to date, from a, for an SEO perspective, but, uh, yeah. So, so, it, you know, the post and pray, here's what I know doesn't work. Oh, I'm just going to do this post and I'm going to pray something happens. <laughs> that shit is whack. You can't just post and pray that the, the money rains into your bank account. Um, you know, again, I always talk about the customer journey. Like in our minds, it's like, oh man, I make, you know, Deandre's like, I make dope hats buy my hats, you know, <laughs> cool. And uh, listen, there'll be a certain percentage of people that will do that. However, 
there's also a much larger per- percentage that are on their own journey, not thinking about your stuff, you know? So we've got to intersect with their own path that your ideal customers are on and hit them at multiple touch points. But you just hit it, like knowing when to intersect. Yeah. You know, knowing when and how to intersect. So you really got to learn about what your audience is and what they're doing. Oh, God, you couldn't have said it better. Because it's not that, like, we're not the ones that get to decide when they intersect with us. They are. So that's why we have to be consistent. That's why we have to be always thinking about, like, what could I provide value? Because they're going to be off. They're off in their own world, worried about their own problems and doing their own thing. Um, And then... In those moments in which they they give you the mind space, they happen to intersect with your brand, you need to have those moments have to have impact. They got to hit people, right? And uh, so that's the key, right? It's about having a consistent thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's natural for us to be like, oh, like, you know, I'm going to post this thing and it's rad. So people are going to love it. But, you know, only like, you know, depending on how many followers you have, only a few people are going to see that at that time that you posted it, you know? So, so good discussion there. All right. What's our next question here? What is the single biggest thing I can do personally to improve my SEO? Oh, SEO, you fickle beast. Small business owners love to talk about SEO. They're like, I had a guy call me today from Miami and he's going to do a website with us. I'm, I'm super excited about it. It's going to be fun. But, uh, so he's like, we're talking about the website and I was like, and then we were about to wrap up and he goes, Oh, um, one more thing. Can you get me to the top five on, on Google? (laughs) But I get it. You know, SEO is easy to understand when you have a problem. What do you do? You go to Google, you figure out how to solve that problem, right? You need a plumber. You go to Google and plumbers, Denver or whatever, you know? So, so it's easy for people to get. The problem is when you find out how you to get there really, um, and how many different things go into that search engine ranking and the amount of effort that you're going to have to put in to get there. That's when the, that's when you find out who really wants to do SEO (laughs) and who doesn't because, um, so, but to answer, you know, what is the the single biggest thing I can do to personally improve my SEO? Oh, it's so tough, but I'd have to go with blogging. You know, I'd have to go with either having someone on your staff or yourself consistently blogging. Um, because Google really, if you think about what they want, is they want to provide the best answer to whatever the customer, the Googler, if you will, they want to provide the best answers. That's how they got famous. I remember search engines before Google. They fucking sucked. (laughs) Ask Jeeves. Fuck Jeeves. (laughs) He never told me shit. (laughs) If I sleep, if I see Jeeves, I'm going to take off my white glove and slap him across the face. Um, (laughs) Sad said he's going to drag him. (laughs) So, so, uh, so yeah. So Google got famous because you could actually find what you're looking for. And, and that's, and obviously served a huge, you know, purpose there. But the, the, the thing, you know, Google wants to see, Sites that are growing and and that um, are consistently updated. They basically, like 10 years ago, decided a site that has newer information is probably a better resource to answer someone's question today than a site that hasn't been updated in a couple of years. So 
Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. The um, what kills me is I've had people. I've actually worked with clients who, who are you know really diligent and they blog every week. Um, and like Tamara, Tamara Pester, our, like our attorney, right? The Sark. <laughs> um, yeah, she's uh, you know claimed uh, local trademark and and business uh, attorney, and uh, awesome person. Definitely check her out at TamaraPesterLaw.com. Man, I hope that's the right URL because we did her website. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, but so she's a great example, right? She, her old site, she was diligently blogging. I mean, once a week she was cranking out really good content and, and she's obviously an expert in her subject matter and she was taking the time to write this, but her old site wasn't set up properly. So... She could have been getting way more love from Google and been way higher in the search results. However, um, she wasn't because of the way her website was improperly structured. So humble brag here, or not so humble brag, I guess. Um, we redid her website. We, we, we've set her up. You know, Our platform is super search engine friendly, and we, we even did some additional work because she's a member on her SEO. And now she's like number one on Google in the Denver area for um, – Trademark attorney, trademark lawyer, um, even rising now after just a few months of her new site being live for like business attorney Denver, a, a more even generic term. Frankly, we launched her, her site was so messed up from an SEO perspective and so broken from like a technical perspective um, that, that we launched her site with like three of her old blog articles or something like maybe it was six of her old blog articles. And then we've had her just do updates to them once a week and re-release them. And it's, she's skyrocketing up the, up, the, up the SEO ladder, if you will. So make sure your site is set up properly. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, we offer a free consultation right on our website. I can, you know, look at your site for a half an hour and tell you if there's any major, um, you know, major issues that would be limiting you. And then if it is set up properly, blog, and that will help you you know, get up there because Google wants to see a site that's growing. It's adding more details, adding more content. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Does blogging necessarily always have to be typed out content? You know, I actually, um, one of my uh, members uses the, oh God, I can't remember. What is it called? Is it like Dragonfly or something? Like one of those things that you can talk into, or even like if you have a Mac, like you can double hit the fin key and it will actually, you can talk and it will, transcribe what you're saying. So for people who are, you know, uh, really want to improve their SEO and don't have time to blog, I find if you're a verbal person, that can be a great way to still get the written word, but, uh, but not have to physically write it. Like some people are better talkers than they are writers. And then, um, it's pretty amazing. Like if you, you know, just have a quick outline of what you want to say, and then you, you do one of these trans transcription things or, or you, you speak into a transcribing tool. I think it's called dragonfly. Um, and that works really well for him. It, the written word is the most valuable thing. I will agree with that. You know what I mean? In terms of like uh, search engine optimization, it certainly is now. Um, you know, obviously like Google owns YouTube. So, you know, if you do YouTube videos and you, you link those back to your site on your blog or whatever, and you write a nice description, that can be a great way to get traffic too. And so it doesn't necessarily always have to be the written word, but um, put it this way, if Google's algorithm designed websites, all websites would be like, you know, 
20 pages and it'll be all content. There'd be like no pictures <laughs> and none of us would use the web. Right. So we just, uh, you know, cause that's, that's what it does. Now, a lot of people that's changing. I will admit that like Google is evolving constantly and they're getting more and more into machine learning, AI, like really trying to understand like when they deliver up a certain result on the search engine result page, uh, how does that user interact once they get to that site? Like if they put Aerosmith at the top and then somebody clicks on there um, and they, you know, don't hang out or they immediately click back or the site takes too long to load and they click back, you know, that will hurt your ranking, that kind of stuff. You know, they're really trying to understand that. But it's going to be a long time um, before having quality content doesn't matter. I think it'll always matter. You know what I mean? Blog, blog, blog is the number one thing, but make sure you're not wasting your time with a site that's holding you back and that's not set up properly. All right. Let me see here. Do I have any more questions? Well, okay. Well, okay. What are a few tips and tricks that are easy to enhance my website? Well, this actually, you know, is a great transition into the last question about SEO. One of the biggest things I see in the, uh, on, on clients' websites is people, y'all need to update your title tags. Please, for God's sakes, update your title tags. So basically, you know how when you have a bunch of tabs open in your browser and there's like words in the tab? That's, that's essentially how – that's the title tag, whatever it is. So if you're on your services page and it just says services, whatever your brand name is, that's not good. Because services is not specific, you know? So one thing that you could do to enhance your website's SEO is to make sure that you get into whatever editor you have. And, and, and most of them, if you just look through there and you look for like page titles, title tag, um, in our platform we call it Google Title, um, just to make it easier for people to find. Make sure that, that those titles briefly – usually within 155 characters or so, actually describe what the page, the particular individual page is about and make sure that like you have a term that you think people would Google. You know, you want to make sure it's something that someone would Google and you put that in there. The, the classic format is like, you're, you know, you, you describe the page, but the keyword phrase number one, keyword phrase two, the name of your company is the, is the kind of old school format. Um, there's certainly like more slicker and other ways that Google prefers than that style. But even doing that would be way better than just having a, uh, a title tag that says home. <laughs> you know, there's probably a billion websites that say home on the homepage, you know, it's like home of what, you know, <laughs> so that would be a great one. Well, that was awesome. I'm so glad. Thank you all for your questions. It was really awesome to um, answer some of these questions and, and they were really good. Um, that was a lot of value. That was a lot of knowledge. Thanks, man. That was yeah. a lot of insight. Hell yeah, man. It's a, that's why I love these Q&As. Um, and uh, I'm going to start doing a few more of these, do some live ones on, uh, on Instagram and stuff so, so we can get that uh, out there. Um, cool. Awesome. All right. It's time for One Cool Thing. All right. So my One Cool Thing of the Week this week is a – awesome tool for doing customer research from the one and only Rand Fishkin, creator of Moz, if you've ever heard of Moz, um, industry-changing SEO tool. Well, Rand has created a, a brand new product called Spark 
Turturro. And as he puts it on their website, it instantly, you can instantly discover what your audience reads, watches, listens to, and follows. And I got the chance to be a beta tester on this product and was just blown away. So basically you can go in there and, and, and use their simple tool to like, um, to like, basically he kind of puts in a really easy format, right? It'd be like my audience frequently talks about blank. So like for me, it'd be like my audience frequently talks about entrepreneurship or small business. Right. And then this awesome tool actually shows you what real people who are into small business in my example, what they follow, like what social media accounts they follow, what uh, podcasts they listen to, what uh, what their what shows they watch, things like that. It's it's super awesome. Absolutely, man. That's key information. Yeah, because you really want to, you know, obviously, like this whole like marketing and and advertising game is really, you know, we talked about the, those moments of intersection, right? Well, if you can figure out what where your audience is what twitter accounts you follow or or what podcasts they listen to you know that's huge because if you can if you know literally know where they're at and you're not just guessing it gives you the opportunity to really um speak to those people more often and more effectively because you already know they're into your thing um awesome tool they have a free uh account where you get like 10 searches a month um, you don't get the full listing, but honestly, like, um, you get a pretty good, you get a pretty good results there for the free account. And then there's so much value there. I highly recommend people check it out. It's, it's more real time more quicker than like surveys and, uh, and it can really cut down on your, your research time. So check out spark Toro. That's S P A R K T O R O.com. That's your one cool thing of the week. DeAndre, what's going on in the news, man? Appreciate you passing that baton, Chad. We're going to start with how the housing market plus home improvement businesses are making more money during the pandemic. Although the coronavirus has undoubtedly ravaged the U.S. economy, home improvement businesses as well as the housing market have not only fared well but continue to be a bright spot in a seemingly crushed country. Companies who aim to make the home a little bit cozier or a bit more functional are benefiting from a surge in the nesting economy. With Americans staying at home and having nothing better to do, Central Home has become the new modern-day American life in 2020. With that being said, city dwellers have flocked to the suburbs with sales of previously owned homes surpassing 20% between May and June, according to the National Association of Realtors. Mortgage rates are reportedly at an all-time low, which means more projects and more business for stores like Lowe's and Home Depot. Oh, yeah. Both retailers, whom were deemed essential in the early days of the lockdown, have had a brisk and busy summer with second quarter revenue topping economics forecast by more than 20%. The home fitness market has garnered much attention as well in recent times, benefiting from gym closures and millions staying at home. A vigorous surge in stationary bikes and treadmills sales have been a boom for companies like Peloton, whose shares are up more than 130%. As the stay-at-home model becomes a more permanent way of life for many of us, the quest to turn a house into a happy home has taken on a whole new meaning and a life of its own. Nice. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny because, like, I see so many people doing all these awesome projects um, during, the, during the pandemic and even since. Uh, and I, I feel so left out. I was going to ask you. I was actually, <laughs> no, I have that in my notes. I wanted to ask you, have you made 
any type of uh I mean par- we've done little things. We've done little things around the house, like just cleaned up some stuff that we had been putting off. But it's funny for like me, obviously like during the lockdown that that was like a, a culture shock, you know, used to being coming into the studio every day and then having to go and uh and work from home for a couple months. But um we're back open now and and I, I much prefer honestly like being able to go into an office. I know that's old school. I don't give a damn. Um, I just prefer to like, Talk to. <laughs> I don't, I, I just, you know, I just prefer that like separation, you know, of course I'm always working from home and doing stuff from home as well. But I almost think it's, it's kind of funny. I, I'm weird. I'll admit, you know, and if you've listened to this podcast for very long, you know, this, uh, I'm pretty weird, but I actually like, I was thinking about it the other day. The only time I get to myself where it's like, I literally can't be working or watching or, 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 or talking to someone is the commute to work and from work. Right. So like, that's my, believe it or not, like that's my Zen time. That's my time to like space out and think about whatever I want to think about. And, and I like that it like kind of separate. Cause man, during the pandemic, I was working from like, you know, you know, three sips into my first cup of coffee at 6 a.m. till, you know, seven at night and not, and there was like no dividing line. I didn't know when to stop. And it was pretty dangerous. But it's funny, though, as an entrepreneur, like, and a lot of the entrepreneurs I know, I mean, yes, the pandemic changed stuff, but I didn't, like, have a bunch more time. I just had more time to work on my business rather than I didn't have a lot of extra time to, like, you know, repaint the house or something like that. Um, I, if I have extra time, you can be damn sure it's going into heroes. Well, if I had an idea for you and wifey. All right. Tell me. A household robotic vacuum Roomba is also reaping the benefits of the company <laughs> stock up nearly 47% this year. You can cop a little Roomba, B. There you go. Oh, man, I'm down. I'm all about that. I'm also all about, like, I want. there's stuff I do want to learn. I want to learn how to do woodworking and, and, and be able to, like, build stuff on my own. Um, I think that'd be super cool. Uh, but, you know, it's like at this point in my business, I'm trying to create, like, a national brand here. I'm trying to create a, uh, a world changing, uh, business for entrepreneurs. Um, because I believe that like, it's us that run this damn economy. Um, even though all the big ass corporations get the tax breaks, we're the backbone of this, of America. And we're the problem solvers. We're the ones that are, are you know, frankly have the guts to, to put ourselves out there and try something different. So, uh, you know, I'm passionate about building a hero Smith in every entrepreneurial city around the country in the next, you know, 10 years or so. But, uh, so it's like, for me, like I didn't have all this, like, I guess I got it easy. You know, it's just me and my wife right now and our dog Beamer, you know, so I don't have the kiddos running around, you know, being, uh, you know, kind of distracting me or something. Um, so I just ended up doing more work. It wasn't like a lot change for me. Gotcha. You I know? Believe it just gave me more time to, like you said, just focus more time and energy into the craft. Right. And then just, you know, diversify my endeavors at the same time. Well, I like these next two headlines, Chad. I want to speak on this first one as far as 19 black families buy over 90 acres of land in Georgia as a safe city for black people. Whoa, the Freedom cool. Georgia initiative, which was launched by Georgia-based realtor Ashley Scott, along with investor and entrepreneur Renee Walter, reportedly purchased nearly 97 acres of land in Toomsboro, Georgia. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. As part of plans to create a safe city for the black community. Following the tragic number of Amaya Arbery, Ashley developed the idea while in the therapy. 
We are dealing with deep-rooted issues that will require more than protesting in the streets, he says. It will take for us as a people, as Atlanta rapper and activist Killer Mike so eloquently put, to plot, plan, strategize, organize, and mobilize. The city will have black farmers, contractors, and suppliers as the Freedom Georgia's initiative hope to be an innovative model for self-sufficiency, environmental sustainability, and cooperative ec economics among blacks globally. That's super cool. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, um, it's on one hand, it's like really cool, and I and I get it, and I think it's it's a good step in the right direction. On the other hand, it's like, man, why do they have to go to such trouble? I mean, I know why they have to, because it's systematic racism, right? But but like, I feel like it's like, uh, man, it's just just a bummer that like, you know, that they feel like they have to do this to just like to have that equality, you know? Yeah, but for me, this is where more of our attention and energy needs to go to. Rather than looking at what they're not doing for us, we need to get back to just doing for us. Totally. This goes back to Black Wall Street, over 600 businesses. Like, we had our own community for real, for real. Right. You know, so 600 businesses, 21 churches, 21 restaurants, 30 grocery stores, two movie theaters, six private airplanes, one hospital, one bank, its own school system. That's so awesome because it's like, you know, it's self-sustaining. You know what Absolutely. I mean? That's why I love it, man. I, this last headline brings it back to the block, man. How uh, Denver entrepreneurs launched a GPS to find black-owned businesses called the Black App. After being inspired by the protest-driven Blackout Day 2020 on July 7th, Raymond Murphy and Marion Kazadi decided to bring their vision to life with the newly acclaimed Black App. The app, which provides its users direct access to more than 1,100 black-owned businesses in all 50 states, is intended to uplift black businesses and demonstrate the economic power of the black community. Not only does the platform provide addresses, hours of operation, and phone numbers, but also allows people to donate a portion of each donation set to be given to historically black colleges. The founders, who are both Denver residents, were naturally inclined to shed light on the Mile High City with close to 400 Colorado businesses listed on the app. Nice. The Black app is free to consumers and can be downloaded at black, spelled B-B-L-K, app.com. That's so awesome. Yeah, I love fresh. this idea. It's like super fresh. You know, we've got some members are on there. Um, uh, Fit and New, a killer fitness and nutrition company. So I, I totally and wholeheartedly support that idea. Awesome, man. Well, uh, super great to uh, do an, crank out another episode with you, man. It's been awesome to catch up. And uh, thank you for joining us on the Heroesmith Podcast, Live in the Vault. A raw and unfiltered look at the world of business, entrepreneurship, and the absurdity of modern life. Be sure to check us out at epic.heroesmith.com slash podcast. And I just want to thank Pine Tree Janitorial Service for our theme music. Support them. And check them out on Spotify. That's Pine Tree Janitorial Service. And you can also check out their website at pinetreejs.com. All right, folks, we'll see you next time.